Cool. Yeah, that was Banana Kong. Hope you enjoyed the video of the monkey jumping and swimming and blasting through walls and stuff like that. And uh, what was the monkey chasing? The Holy Spirit. No, try again. What was the monkey chasing? Bananas, yes. And the one thing I want you to remember today, Lily, one thing I want you to remember today is that you need to go in pursuit of the fruit. Because that's what the monkey was doing. But that's not the reason you should do it. The reason you should do it is because the Bible says to us that actually we are to go in the pursuit of the fruit. And which fruit am I talking about? I'm talking about the fruit of the Spirit. And uh, you would have noticed earlier on, JC made us play a fruit-based game. So thank you, JC. On trend, on theme, for us. And you would have seen the fact in that video that you had to dodge the hands if you're the monkey, jump over stuff, go through stuff, power on in pursuit of that fruit. And that's exactly what we need to do in pursuit of the fruits of the spirit in order to get to the end. And so there's three things you need to know um, that I'm going to point out to you tonight on that theme, and that is that it's a fight to pursue, the to pursue the fruit. And number two, that Jesus was full of the spirit and the fruit. And number three, you need to keep in step with the Holy Spirit as well. And so we're going to start off with the fact that it's a fight. And I'm going to read you um, some scripture from Galatians 5, 16 through to 18, where it says this, and it's Paul writing to the Galatian Christians, to the Galatian church. He says, so I tell you, live the way the Spirit leads you. Then you will not do the evil things your sinful self wants. The sinful self wants what is against the Spirit, and the Spirit wants what is against the sinful self. They are always fighting against each other, so that you don't do what you really want to do. But if you let the Spirit lead you, you are not under the law. And so Paul's writing to the Galatian church and he contrasts love with the flesh first and the flesh is all the sinful ways of thinking and living and then he pitches the flesh against the Holy Spirit or against the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And the first thing you need to recognise is that... I don't think it was that bad, Isaac. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that was a good start. But, uh, okay, we're going to come back. Good. Um, the first thing you need to know is we're going to have a... It's a fight. That's my first point. It's a fight. And so we've got... A little example of that, just to show that it is a fight. We're going to have the flesh, which is Josie, and we have the Holy Spirit, which is Ashley, and they are going to sock wrestle. Wrong. Who's seen them sock wrestle before? Sock wrestle. You don't have to keep bending down. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Josie. I have not actually sock wrestled. Sock wrestling, where's my sock? And I'll give, take Ashley's sock. Where's my sock? Where's my sock? So they do have a sign each, but I don't know where they've gone. They had a sign. Oh, maybe they're over here now. Here they are. Possibly. So here we are. On the left hand, right, oh, you're left, my right. The flesh, all the ungodly ways of living and speaking and thinking. And on the left, the Holy Spirit, which is Ashley versus Tracy. And all they have to do is fight. For each yeah. other sock. So where's Ashley's sock gone? Put it on your foot, please. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well this is a good example of ungodly behaviour. She's not paying the rules. <laughs> and they are going to try and remove the sock off each other's foot. And we shall see who wins. Who thinks the spirit is going to win? Yeah! Who thinks the flesh is going to win? Her foot oh, in my sock. Really you know what I mean? 
emphasizes how good those characteristics are. Because in Galatians 5, 19 to 21, we get details of the works of the flesh, the things that are contrary to the things of the Spirit. So I'm going to read it to you together, and this is the easy-to-read version. Sometimes that just helps to change a, a version or translation. So it says, The wrong things the sinful self does are clear. Committing sexual sin, being morally bad, doing all kinds of shameful things, worshipping false gods, taking part in witchcraft, hating people, causing trouble, being jealous, angry or selfish, causing people to argue and divide into separate groups, being filled with envy, getting drunk, having wild parties, and doing other things like this. I warn you now, as I warned you before, that people who do these things will not have a part in God's kingdom. <coughs> and it contrasts that with, we'll do questions at the end if that's okay, Hattie, because I'm rolling on through them. Um, it contrasts that with the fruits of the Spirit in verses 22 to 26. He says, but the fruit that the Spirit produces in a person's life is love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these kinds of things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified their sinful self. They have, been given up, they have given up their old selfish feelings and the evil things they wanted to do. We get our new life from the Spirit. So we should follow the Spirit. We must not feel proud and boast about ourselves. We must not cause trouble for each other or be jealous of each other. And that's what comes up afterwards. Now I'm pretty sure, whether you're a Christian or not, that you can guess who the best example of these characteristics is in the Bible. Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. And he is full of the Holy Spirit. He exudes these qualities. He's loving, he's joyful, at times he's patient, kind, good, faithful, gentle, and self-controlled. And I wanted to just roll through these, these um, characteristics, these fruits, a little bit slower, just so we can understand them together. And there are various references in Scripture where these come up. And so I'm going to put some of those out there. But these are all in relation to Jesus, who is full of the Spirit and has all of these fruits. Now, top of the list is love. Uh, let's see if I can find it. Yeah, there it is, love. And I'm going to put it on the wall just over here, just so you can see them. There you go. I can't, yeah. I can't see. Well, them. you should know. <laughs> <laughs> <So> <laughs> if I put them over there, they're too far away, aren't they? Realistically, uh, you, so I'll put them on there. Um, and love is the greatest quality. And if you bump into Megan Saunders, Megan Saunders can recite you the entire chapter of 1 Corinthians 13, which details the power of love in community, can't you? She wraps it. Great. She doesn't just say oh, she wraps it. And this is the characteristic that best. Regards God, uh, sorry, reflects God's character because love doesn't just mean giving things all the time and doing things with people all the time. It actually also means saying no sometimes. It also means disciplining people sometimes. Perhaps like your parents have to do, or like I have to do sometimes with some of you. With natural <laughs> But I do it out of love, and so does God. He doesn't just give us things all the time, although He does do that. But He also holds things back from us as like well for our protection. Like So love appears at the top of the list, and that's because it reflects God's character beautifully. The next, and it's a close second, is joy. By rejoicing in our salvation, if we are saved, we show that our affections are rightly placed. So when we're here on a Friday night, we're here to enjoy that worship time. 
that worship time is really, really important because it's kind of a reflection of, uh, of how grateful we are to God and how joyful we are that we've been saved from sin and death. And so sometimes we jump and sometimes we dance and sometimes we sing and we do all three of those things at New Day normally. Um, and it's really a reflection of the joy that God has put in us uh, thanks to our salvation. And Jesus uh, saves Christians so they can have joy. And I remember doing my training with Andrew Wilson um, a couple of years ago and he said, you're here to have joy. And that blew me away because I didn't realise that that was really the purpose. It's to enjoy life. And you might have seen the wrist has got a tattoo, right, that says to glorify God and enjoy him forever, I think. Yeah, to glorify God by enjoying him forever. And she's got it on her shoulder. She wants to remember the fact that, um, uh, that she wants to do that and, uh, and be joyful in this life. And John 15, 11 says this. This is Jesus... Um, talking to you, he says, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Jesus' joy is awesome, and he wants to impart that joy to you. That's another one. The third one is peace. Uh, I need to put joy emphasis. Maybe Jason, you could find me. Uh, that would be great. Um, the third one is peace, and we gain peace with God when we put our faith in Jesus. And I'm not going to assume that everyone has put their faith in Jesus and committed their lives to following him just yet. But what comes as a result of choosing to follow Jesus is confidence to go before God. Josie goes, love, joy, peace. Josie can put the word she wants. There we go. Okay. Yeah. So peace is the next thing uh, on the list, and it produces a confidence in us to approach and build a relationship with God the Father. Once you have put your faith in Jesus, you receive this peace. Can, can anyone relate to that? Can anyone put your hands up, perhaps? If when you put your faith in Jesus, you received peace, you just felt peaceful in your heart. Yeah, you people recognize <laughs> that this comes with the Holy Spirit when he's deposited in you. And in Romans 5, 1 to 2, it puts it best. When it says this, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. So that's the third fruit, peace. The fourth one is patience. And who's ever been impatient? Yep, it's one of my characteristics, apparently. Uh, someone's told me recently that the kind of person that I am is generally quite impatient. And I'm, I'm inclined to agree. I'm rather impatient about some things sometimes. But a fruit of the Spirit represents... Sorry, patience is... Maybe? You don't need to point at Toby anymore. He's no. only that far away. So, <laughs> um, so patience is important because, as you'll discover one day, you can't just be impatient with people. You can't expect them to do everything on your terms in your timing you have to wait. And I experience this a lot, and um, I hope that I've grown in patience over the years, but I'm still hoping that God will do more work in me for that. I'm still quite impatient for things. The next one is, uh, sorry, an impatience you're submitting to God's timeline, not yours. Um, you're putting his agenda above yours. The next one is kindness, please, Jace, on the wall. And Christians can choose to be kind to others because they have received 
kindness from God. If we got our head around this, it would change the way you treat people. And again, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm asking God to continue changing my heart. Because reflecting on how kind uh, God has been to you is an amazing thing. Sometimes we sing um, various songs about this, about how kind God is to us. But one evidence I thought about when uh, thinking over this fruit, particularly kindness, was some of my friends um, like watching those fail videos. Have you seen fail videos? Oh, so now, before you get carried away, I felt convicted about that because I realised that laughing at other people's failure wasn't actually that kind. And it's the reality that it doesn't matter how much money you can make from it. It's, I, I just found myself gritting my teeth and cringing a bit when they put it on the TV. And so instead of watching it with them, Instead of watching it with them, I chose not to watch it. And, and that was really to try and help us through the spirit of kindness grow in me. Because if I concede and I go ahead and watch and laugh, and I'm, I'm kind of quashing that a bit. I'm kind of pre- preventing that kindness growing. I'm kind of laughing at people's failure. And I, it just felt like the spirit said to me, that's not, that's not that kind. And so that's another one that is in the list. The next one is goodness. We sing a song uh, called Reckless Love. Who knows the song Reckless Love? Yeah. Favourite song in the whole is that who's, Is it your favourite song in the whole world? Yes. Yeah, good. Well, it's a good song. And it's part of that song. Um, one of the lines says, You've been so, so good to me. And then in New Day, we sing other songs like So Good to Me and I Am Blessed. And they're all songs about how good God has been to us. And the reality is the fruit of the, the, fruit of the Spirit that is goodness should encourage us to be good to others. Paul, in the same letter to the Galatian church, says to the Christians there in chapter 6, verse 10, he says, So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially those who are of the household of faith. And so, for us, this lands in daily life at school. Are we going to be good to people? Are we going to choose not to join in uh, with gossip, choose not to join in with laughing at someone else and instead choose to open doors for people as they walk through or step aside or put our sins to go before you. Are we going to choose to do good to others and particularly here on a Friday night? Are we going to have uh, a good old laugh and some banter but ultimately be good to one another? Are we, are we going to resist the temptation to laugh and be mean in any way? Are we going to choose to let this spiritual fruit grow in us? And you'll know about Jesus being good to people all the way through the Gospels. He's good to those that he meets, those that are Jews, um, who love him and respect him, and those who choose not to. Now the next one is faithfulness. Does anyone have a definition of faithfulness for me? You can put your hand up if you think that you do. Trusting. Say again. Being loyal and not leaving someone's side. Being loyal and not leaving their side. Yeah, that could be I could be part of it, I suspect. Being full of but faith. Being full of faith, faithfulness, yes, in a way. Yeah. Well, possibly the best way to think of this one, um, possibly, is just uh, again looking at Jesus and recognizing that he was a man of his word. He did what he said he was going to do. And it's another one of his divine and God's divine characteristics. It means consistently doing what you say you will do. And Jesus, for example, came to earth to set out to save us from our sins through his death on the cross. And he went through for it. 
through with it. Even when he was supplicating, even when he was in agony, he was faithful, faithful all the way to the end of that. All the way to the end of his life. And again, this is a personal challenge for me because you, you have, if you're in a position um, where you're trying to lead people, you, you've got to you've got to do what you say what you say you're going to do. And there's this uh, line in James, and um, James is one of my favourite books. He says, "Let your yes be yes, and your no is no. Oh, be faithful okay. to what you're going to do when you say you're going to do it." And Jesus always, always did that. Um, two more for you: gentleness. Jesus is gentleness. Uh, he declares that he is gentle in Matthew 11, verse 29, and he enables. He enables through this characteristic people to come to him and find rest. If you're a gentle person, naturally, in your personality, you probably find that people come to you and talk to you quite easily. They'll come and lay out all the, all the good and bad things in their life and find it very easy to speak to you. And that could well be because you're bearing the fruit of gentleness. And Jesus was, again, the example of this. When those around him were fed up, tired, worn out, ill, unwell, they come to him and they know they're not going to get a harsh rebuke. They know they're not going to get told off. They know that he is gentle. And Christians who bear that fruit look like Jesus and people will come to them. I just realised that was a really bad choice of colour for gentleness on the wall. (laughs) And the very last one in the list is self-control. And it is, again very, very relevant to us, because if there's a packet of chocolate digestive insults, and they come into my proximity, they are at risk of being eaten. And I have to exercise self-control not to eat them all. And I'm sure you've all got your own examples of what that would be for you. But Jesus, well, he had this direct relationship with the Father in heaven, because he never sinned. Nathan, Toby, I'm not going to tell you again. I'm actually going to move you. Nathan, come and see me. self-control, just like Jesus did. Jesus never sinned. Imagine how much self-control it takes to not sin. In fact, I can I can do it for sure, but the amount of self-control required to simply remain in his human body, let alone use his powers for the, his, for the benefit of others rather than himself, must have taken an immense amount of self-control. And Christians too are called to have self-control or face the consequences. And one of my favourite proverbs is uh, chapter 25, verse 28, which reads, Like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. 
Now, if you've ever seen uh, the Lord of the Rings, you'll know that they break through the walls yeah. of a city and then it's game over. Well, the reality Not is the same for us as Christians. If we lack self-control, it's like having a hole in the wall that allows the enemy to sweep in. And so we have to dig down deep in the spirit for this. But before we move on, I want you to take 20 seconds to look at our list of um, fruits on the wall. And we don't do this enough, I don't think, in, in our culture. Because I don't know about you, I'm inclined to look at the list and look at the ones that I'm not doing very well in. But what I want you to do, just for 20 seconds, I want you to close your eyes and have that moment just to pause, and some people would call it like a kairos kind of moment, to think about which one the Holy Spirit wants to encourage you in. Which one is he saying, well done, Alex, well done, Lily, well done, Toby, well done, Nathan, well done, in this. Which one of those is he championing you and cheering you on and saying, well done, I just want you to take 20 seconds, so close your eyes. You don't have to tell me, just close your eyes. What was the yellow one? The yellow one's gentle business. That's a good question, but we don't have time to answer it right now. Okay. Unless yeah. anyone's got an immediate definition. Actually? I haven't got a brief one either. Close your eyes. Let's do 20 seconds just asking God, which one do you want to encourage me in? really easy to look at all these fruits and go, oh, I'm not, I'm not very self-controlled, or I'm not, not very patient, or just, you know, not very good or very kind at this point in time. Whereas actually, I, I do believe there's something in that for us that God just wants to say, no, well done. Uh, keep going from that. But Jesus had and bore all of this fruit, and he demonstrates it across the Gospels. If you've never read one of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I recommend you go and read it. And Christians similarly are told now to go in pursuit of this fruits which we've been reading about. And so we need to keep in step with the Holy Spirit if we're going to do that. We need to keep submitting to him and asking him, how can I do this? How can I be more patient, more kind, more faithful? How can I do it? And ask for his help. Because Galatians 5.25 says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. And there's this word in the Greek uh, which I, again, I looked up, I had to look up the pronunciation of it, but it's stoikeo, I believe, and it literally means to walk behind, and it's the word that describes keeping in step with the Spirit, and uh, it kind of parallels with this thing that disciples would do with their rabbi. If a rabbi chose a number of people to be their disciples, they would literally follow them around the place, walking in their footprints and allowing the dust to come up and get them and land on them, so they would become more like their rabbi. And we need to do that with the Spirit. We need to stay so close to the Holy Spirit that we begin to um, bear these fruits. And that's one aspect of it. But Jesus also puts it another way in John 15, 5. And anyone who's been in Friday Club will probably remember this verse because they sing it now and again. It says, I am the vine and oh, you are the one. branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Now Jesus 
compels you to abide in him. And that means to continue daily in a personal relationship with him based on trust, prayer, obedience and joy. And to bear much fruit, to look more like him, which is what the Holy Spirit is doing in us. But you might ask why, as we come to finish. Why do all this? Well, these godly characteristics are pleasing to God. They glorify him. They attract people to him and they benefit you. So in conclusion, in pursuit of the fruit, like the monkey in the beginning, it's a fight. We have to keep on pushing for it, going after it. Jesus is full of the Holy Spirit. He's the ultimate example. He's the one we need to read about to know what this looks like. And then we also need to keep in step with the Spirit. And our primary purpose in life is to have that joy and glorify God and um, do our best to bear these fruits of the Spirit. And it might not be easy. People may even begin to dislike you because you start to look like Jesus, but it is well worth it. I heard the lead actor from the Passion of the Christ movie, uh, which you probably won't have seen, um, who plays Jesus in it. He quoted this the other day. He said, Christians aren't saved to fit in. We are saved to stand out. We're saved to be looked different, to sound different to the world around us because we're following the Spirit and in step with Him. And we make a difference in our classrooms when we bear this fruit. We draw people toward our loving God and we give Him glory. And so if you're not a Christian yet tonight, but you've kind of heard what I've been saying about Jesus, we, uh, we always want to present that opportunity to become a Christian um, if you want to. But it's important to count the cost because becoming a Christian doesn't mean that life is all rainbows, unicorns and easy. And we know. Becoming a Christian, if anything, makes it quite difficult to live differently to everyone else. But with the spirit, we can do it. And we're called to it. And so I encourage you, if you want to become a Christian tonight and you speak to one of us leaders, because we're a little bit short on time now. But um, for a moment or two, um, if you are a Christian here, I wonder whether it's worth just taking a few minutes, maybe three minutes, to reignite your relationship with Jesus, to reignite that passion, to reignite that abiding in him, that, that daily relationship with him. Because I'll be honest, sometimes I get tired, and sometimes it gets hard to follow Jesus, and you just need to take a stop for a minute and breathe. And allow him to lift you up again, to put you back on your feet again. So I want to do that with you. Um, and I think very simply, Jace, if it's all right, we'll just have uh, a song in the background. Yeah. It's me on the iPod. But uh, I'd really love you guys to just spread out a little bit more. Because everyone's quite close. Deacon, you're quite close. Uh, I just want you to have your own space. To be able to... To be able to imagine yourself sitting or standing or kneeling opposite Jesus and him just reaching out and giving you a hug. And I guess this ties in with the gentleness one in a way. I just just feel like there's some, I feel his compassion upon you if you're finding this difficult right now. Because he's not here to condemn you. He's not here to say, naughty, naughty, you shouldn't have done that. He's here just to raise you up again, back to what we know is truly a fruit. So let's do that for just a